Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to Believe in Raiders podcast, presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm Dennis Ackroyd, pleased to be joined by former Raider great Stanford route. Stan, the Raiders provided one heck of a Christmas present with a 20-14 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. They're now 7-8 and eight with a chance, although it's very slim, to not only win the division, but maybe make it as a wild-card team as well. Stan, what was your biggest takeaway from the Kansas City win? Oh, my biggest takeaway was probably a couple things. Number one, obviously, a great victory Christmas morning, or should I say Christmas afternoon. Uh, so definitely a big win coming up with the turnovers, but you know, I got to be honest with you. It was, it was great to see, but it also is a reminder of just how out of sync Kansas city looks, Mm -hmm. you know, that was something that was a big takeaway for me, but nonetheless, like I said, you know, because you're out of sync, that's not my fault. I'm still going to definitely go ahead and uh, take advantage of it. Uh, Jones, uh, once again, another great interception pick to the house. Uh, you're seeing the fumble recovery to the house, two touchdowns defensively and what, seven or eight seconds. Uh, the not completing a pass after what was it? The first quarter first or quarter. halftime. First uh, quarter that, span. That's discouraging. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that you can't going forward. You can't win a lot of games uh, not completing a pass after the first quarter. I don't care how good your defense is. I don't I don't give a shit. Um, so that just goes to show exactly how out of sync uh, the Chiefs are right now. But nonetheless, great victory. And right now, the Raiders currently, technically, still have a chance to win the AFC West if the Chiefs lose these last two. And then they go ahead and finish off the Colts. And then the Broncos led by Jared Stidham, of all people. So it's definitely going to be a very fun final two weeks in the NFL season. Uh, but things are definitely looking well right now for the Las Vegas Raiders. Stan, let me ask you this. Is it more of the Chiefs' dysfunction or how well the Raiders' defense is playing on, in that victory? You know, as much as, a, as much of a Raider homer as I am, I would probably have to go and say the former, that it might have a little bit more to do with the Chiefs being inept right now and all of their struggles just because we go and we look at, once again, the Raiders won this game. They didn't have a completion to a receiver after the first quarter. Josh Jacobs, another game not playing. Obviously, uh, Zamir White doing a fine job uh, for the black and silver running the ball. They really ran over the Chiefs. And you saw late in the game when they need to go ahead and sustain a drive, the way that they were able to go ahead and just jam it right down their throat. I thought that was brilliant. Um, but when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously Tariq Hill left two years ago or two seasons ago, and how Travis Kelsey appears to not be his former self. He appears not to be uh, the same person he was last year. And you see Kadarius Tony lining up all sides against the Buffalo Bills, and it nullifies that great, fantastic play that we saw just a couple weeks ago. And then guess what? You have another receiver with a lined-up all-sides penalty uh for the Kansas City Chiefs. So it just goes to show right now they got a lot of issues. There's a lot of frustration. Travis Kelsey is throwing his helmet on the sideline. Andy Reid is not allowing one of the staff members to give Travis Kelsey his helmet to allow him to go back into the game. You see just a couple weeks ago, Pat Mahomes yelling at the refs, just coming unglued on the sideline. So I would probably have to lean more 
on the side that the Chiefs are having a lot of struggles right now than the Raiders playing at the defense, the type of level that you saw the Baltimore Ravens against San Francisco 49ers on Monday night. As much as I hate to say that, I have to go ahead and, uh, and trust what my eyes are showing me. But nonetheless, I still am very pleased with what I've seen out of the Raiders defense. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and get our promo read in here right now. And BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your info, stats, news, and scores. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, and we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games. You can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Stan, I want to focus a little bit more on the Raiders' defense in particular since Antonio Pierce became uh, the interim head coach. And so far, it stands through seven games, 24 sacks, 13 takeaways. Now, last year, for the entire season, the defense had 27 sacks and just 13 turnovers. And right now, the Raiders' defensive ranks in the NFL under Pierce stand just 15 points a game allowed. That's first. Defensive touchdowns, four. That is first. Sacks per game, 3.4. That is fourth. Takeaways per game, just under two, 1.9 to be exact. That is sixth. So, Stan, let me ask you this. When you hear those kind of numbers, is it guys finally understanding Patrick Graham's system? Or is it young guys finally getting a chance to show what they can do, like a Malcolm Kuntz, who had three sacks against the Chiefs and now has five in his last two games? Or is it Jack Jones coming up with a pair of pick sixes in back-to-back games? Or is it Robert Spillane, a guy who signed in free agency, coming over from Pittsburgh, leading the team with 130 tackles? I think it's probably a mixture of everything that you just laid out. Uh, I, like I said, I, I'm really pleased at Kuntz. I'm, I'm pleased at Jones, Spillane, everybody that you you mentioned. Obviously, we already know Max Crosby is uh, a stud. There's no doubt about that. I just think that collectively, it appears that this team is getting behind Antonio Pierce. They're getting behind his word, his mindset, the way the approach to the game. And when you look at how the Kansas City Chiefs, we know that they're not the same Kansas City Chiefs that won the Super Bowl last year. We know that. But they still have a high-powered offense. You got Andy Reid, you got Pat Mahomes, you got Travis Kelsey. Maybe they're not the same they were last year, but whatever, still fantastic players. And Antonio Pierce might know a thing or two about slowing down high-octane offenses. Let's look at the Super Bowl back in 2007 when they won the, uh, the, when they won the damn thing against the New England Patriots, who were 18-0 at the time back in a 16-game season. So Antonio Pierce knows how to play football. He knows how to stop opposing offenses that are high octane. I think this team is really starting to take note. They're starting to follow in his footsteps. They're starting to go ahead and follow his ideology and his mindset. Now, like I said, it still remains to be seen. Are the Raiders going to have this same defensive success against an offensive juggernaut, against a Ravens offense, against a 49ers offense, against the Miami Dolphins? We already saw that a couple weeks ago, and they did a pretty good job of slowing them down. You didn't see a massive amount of takeaways or sacks, but they limited the big plays like they were supposed to do. They just simply weren't able to go ahead and come out victorious. So when I look at it from that perspective, that's why I think it's a collection of 
of factors that you just went ahead and outlined rather than it just simply being one simple, simple uh, ingredient. Stan, is it fair to say, though, at this point, it's it's more now than just Max Crosby and just a bunch of guys? I mean, this is a solid defense right now that's playing very well. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it definitely is a solid defense right now playing very well. I think that obviously Max Crosby is the one playing at the highest level. He's the one playing at a Pro Bowl level. I wouldn't say that Jones, Spillane, Coons are playing at a Pro Bowl level right now. Now, you give Jones a couple more games and let him go ahead and turn in some pick sixes the same way Deron Bland did for the Dallas Cowboys starting off the year. We might be having a different conversation. But right now, I would say that, yeah, that's a pretty safe assessment that collectively I think they're playing well. You're not seeing the bone coverages. You're not seeing the big plays. And you know, as a defensive guy, Myself, one thing that I've learned, if you simply do not shoot yourself in the foot and you have alignment, assignment, and execution, and you just do not give up big plays, you don't have somebody out of their gap in the run game. You don't have somebody not being in the deep half and cover two. You don't have a linebacker just aborting his zone altogether where you're seeing a wide open guy running scot-free down the middle of the field. As long as you make the offense Put the onus on them. Put the pressure on them to go the long, hard way, which is an 8-10 to 10 play drive, 80 yards. Most offenses do not have the level of focus and maturity to be able to do that consistently without shooting themselves in the foot with a false start, with a holding call, lining up all sides, something like that. So, would you, so whenever you play sound football, you put the onus on the quarterback. You put the onus on the offensive side of the ball where they have to be perfect. And by you just simply not shooting yourself in the foot, that's exponentially going to make you more effective as a defense player. All right. Well, the Raiders defense will have their hands full on Sunday trying to slow down the Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr., who has 99 receptions this yeah. year, which is sixth in the league. But he did miss last week's game, uh, being in concussion yeah. protocol. He has not been cleared yet for Sunday. We're taping this Thursday morning, so we'll see about him. Uh, Colts quarterback Gardner Minshew, he's thrown 14 touchdown passes, completed 62% of his passes. He has thrown nine picks. He was very critical of the Colts' performance last week, uh, following a very surprising loss on the road to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Stan, we've been talking about Antonio Pierce. He needed a signature victory to try to perhaps get that uh, interim tag removed. Uh, I think he got it against the Chiefs. You know, he was asked by the media this week if he had done enough to earn the job he said look at the proof is on the grass and I don't disagree with him I mean you can see guys are playing hard they've won back-to-back games against division foes Stan do you think he's going to be their coach in 2024 I know we still got two games left I think it still remains to be seen okay uh simply because think about it who did the Raiders play this week at the Colts, and then at home to finish the season against another division rival, the Denver Broncos, who they've already beaten 17-16 to 16 to open the season. And as you stated earlier, uh, Russell Wilson is not going to be quarterback in that team any longer. It'll be former Raider, Jared Stidham. So the Raiders have who? The Colts this week? They do. Two years ago. Or, I mean, I've already <laughs> basically uh, answered the question. The last time the Raiders played the Colts was two years ago, correct? Correct. Derek Carr was the head coach. It was a game that the Raiders really needed to win to then do what? Get in the playoff race and then ultimately have a chance to play for the uh, for the playoff spot in week 18 against the Los Angeles Chargers led by Justin Herbert. And they went to the playoffs, correct? They lost correct. in the first round. Cincinnati Bengals eventually went to the Super Bowl. And who was the head coach? Who was the interim head coach? Rich Basaccio. 
And who wound up being named head coach later on that offseason? Josh McDaniels. So my point, what I'm trying to make is, yeah, great victory on Christmas Day. You beat the cheese. You get a pick to the house. You have a fumble recovery for a touchdown. You score two defensive touchdowns in eight seconds. I'm sorry, seven seconds for the Las Vegas Raiders. So we've seen an interim head coach come in for the Raiders and finish the year strong. Make the playoffs, Rich Bisaccia. And the way that you repay him is by simply saying thanks, but no thanks. We're going to go with Josh McDaniels, a bigger name, a bigger splash. So whenever you say, Stanford, was this enough to solidify Antonio Pierce being the, the, uh, the head coach going forward for the Las Vegas Raiders, we see the track record that Mark Davis has laid out. And that was just two years ago. So that's why I say it remains to be seen because if the Las Vegas Raiders were to beat the Arizona Cardinals in the same fashion that they played against the Kansas City Chiefs, would you have been uber surprised, D.A.? I get your point because the Cardinals simply aren't the same class or caliber. Of the no, 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 I'm just, but would you, be, would you be uber surprised if the Raiders beat the Chiefs I'm sorry, the Raiders beat the Cardinals right. in the same exact fashion they beat the Chiefs on, on Monday afternoon. And they didn't bring him back? No. I get what you're No, yeah. no, no. I'm saying, would you be surprised if the Raiders beat the Cardinals in the same sense that they beat the Chiefs on Monday afternoon? Two no. defensive touchdowns. Exactly. You wouldn't be surprised. But let's go ahead and remember this. The Chiefs, by name only, is what makes it is is makes it is as impressive as everybody is, right now. Are the Chiefs a good football team? Exactly. I still say they're. I still say they're. Not, they're, they're, not, they're, they're not. The, they're not the Cardinals. No. They're not the Patriots. No, but the right now, years. if the Chiefs go and they lose the first round of the playoffs, nobody's going to be surprised based on what they've what they've shown so far this year. So my point, what I'm trying to make is, by name. By name appeal, yeah, it's a signature victory. But when you look at what the Chiefs have put on the football field this year, it's not as impressive. And then I go back to 2021, where the Raiders win, what was it, four of the last five games. They get into the playoffs. They lose the first round to the Cincinnati Bengals. Should have beat the Bengals, by the way, in that mm -hmm. wild card round. And that wasn't enough to show Mark Davis that, Rich Bisaccia deserved to be the head coach going forward. He still went, pulled the rug out from under him, gave it to Josh McDaniels. So my point that I'm saying all of that to say is I don't think that this is enough in Mark Davis's eyes to solidify Antonio Pierce being the head coach going forward. Stan, let me ask you this. In your career, you played for five coaches, I believe, for the Raiders. And just someone observing from watching the Raiders in person and on television from afar, you could see guys who were in over their head. You could see that guys, head coaches, had one foot already out the door when they were coaching the Raiders. And you could see the guys that the players were playing hard for. Yes. When you look at Antonio Pierce and you see the emotion that he showed after that Kansas City win when he was being interviewed on the field by CBS. Oh, I remember. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so from a, as a former player, what are guys in the locker room taking away from Antonio Pierce right now with everything I just said and as many coaches that you played for? Oh, I think that uh, the guys, they see that he's he's willing to run through a brick wall for them. And they're willing to run through a brick wall for him in the same regard. It just shows how deeply invested he is. Like he said in his opening press conference, how 
he's a Raider. He grew up a Raider, grew up a Raider fan. Obviously, you know, going to the New York Giants got in the way of that. So he's not able to just fully root for them while he's playing for New York's team. But now he's a part of the Raider family. Now he's the interim head coach. He can bleed all of that black and silver that he learned growing up in Compton, California. And the players see that. They see that emotion. And they see that, you know what? This seems like more than just a job to him. This is his dream job. He grew up a Raiders fan. At the end of the day, you have the Rams, you have the Chargers in L.A., and God rest his soul, and I agree with him, the Raiders still own the L.A. market. They do. No, like, 100%. the Raiders still, they have a huge 100%. fan base in Los Angeles. I get it. SoFi Stadium, Rams won the Super Bowl, Chargers got Justin Herbert. I get all that. But Antonio Pierce bleeds the black and silver, and seeing him tear up when he's being interviewed after the game on CBS, you could see that emotion. You could see that pride come out. And trust me, as a player, you want to run through a brick wall for that guy, and you want that guy to be your head coach going forward. All right, Stan, let's turn to the Raiders' offense now. We've kind of hit on it a little bit uh, earlier. I mean, they've basically been Jekyll and Hyde, especially over the last three games. They were held out of the end zone in two of the last three contests, but in between put up 49 uh, against the hapless Chargers. And Stan, I just wonder, does it come, the inconsistency of the offense, does it come down to playing a rookie quarterback in Aiden O'Connell, who was a fourth-round pick, wasn't even supposed to see the field this year, but was handed the starting job when Pierce took over. I mean, he's throwing eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, and as we talked about, he didn't complete a pass after the first quarter, and that's just not a good recipe moving forward. No, it isn't. Uh, when you go and you look at the last couple of games, you see the Minnesota Vikings. They lose that game three to zero. They don't yeah. score a point. Then four days later, they blast the Los Angeles Chargers, who then obviously we know they quit on Brandon Stanley. He got fired subsequently soon thereafter. And then you got this game against the Kansas City Chiefs on Christmas Day, Monday afternoon on CBS, and the offense sputters. Very effective in the run game, mm -hmm. but you don't have a completion after the first quarter. So you look at the Minnesota Vikings performance, you look at the Los Angeles Chargers performance, then the Kansas City Chiefs performance. And okay, in one instance, they don't score a point. Another instance, they score 49. <laughs> and then after that, you see, obviously, they're able to go ahead and squeak out the victory against the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's a mixed bag. And I would like to believe that it's probably somewhere in the middle of those three performances is where this offense really is at. But I think that obviously, just to your point, Aiden O'Connell, he's young. He's a rookie. He wasn't highly drafted like Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or anything like that. It's going to take time. He has a stud receiver and a Devontae Adams that he's going to grow with. That's going to help him grow. Obviously, you have the young tight end out of Notre Dame. He's going to get better. He just has to get more reps. Obviously, Josh Jacobs missed the last two games. You now see what you have in Zamir White. So that might be a bargaining, a bargaining chip for the Raiders to allow Josh Jacobs to test the free agent market this coming offseason and just go ahead and ride the cowbell of a Zamir White going forward. So this offense has the pieces to be what it needs to be going forward. I just think that Aiden O'Connell, he's young. And then obviously, after Josh McDaniels leaves, you now have somewhat of a different offensive brain trust as far as just the mindset, the direction, the philosophy. It's going to take time as a quarterback to go ahead and now be able to mesh with the new offensive philosophy. So I think there's several factors that go into that. It just goes to show that uh, Rome wasn't building a day. It's a process. It takes time. But 
that's where having a good defense comes in. And you see with the Las Vegas Raiders over the last several weeks, only giving up three points to the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, it was a loss, but as a defense, you only gave up three points. That's a good day for you. And then we see the defensive output against the Los Angeles Chargers, and then they backdoored it with another encore performance against the Kansas City Chiefs. You can go ahead and call whatever you want about being luck, being good, whatever. I'll still take it. Having do two defensive touchdowns within seven seconds is definitely nothing to sneeze at. So I think the offense is going to come along. It's just going to take time, D.A. All right, well, the Colts defense, they can certainly get after the quarterback. They have 25 sacks in their last seven games, led by DeForest Buckner. He has six sacks. Samson Ibukam has nine and a half to lead that team, but they do allow 25 points a game, which ranks 28th in the league. And, Stan, you were just talking about either Zamir White or Josh Jacobs. Uh, they should be able to run the ball against this Colts defense. Uh, White had a career-high 145, and Michael Mayer, uh, who missed the last game, he and Josh Jacobs, they both missed Wednesday's walkthrough. We'll see about their availability on Sunday against the Colts. All right, Stan, we talked about it earlier. The Raiders do need some help. Uh, trying to make the playoffs. If they went out and the Chiefs lose out, they can make it. I think that's a little bit of a long shot. I'm more looking at a wild card right now. They have a 12% chance to make it. Stan, this is some of the help that the Raiders need this week. And the first one, Titans at Texans. The Raiders need the Titans. You think they can pull it off in uh, in your hometown of Houston there, knocking off the Texans? Oh, they can. Uh, they, play the te- uh, the te- they played the Texans really well just a couple weeks ago. Didn't come up with a victory. Obviously, we had uh, Case, McK- Case Keenum was the starting quarterback for the Texans at the time. And now it looks like C.J. Stroud is going to be back in the fold. So the Tennessee Titans, we see what they did to the Miami Dolphins on Monday Night Football just a couple weeks ago, being down 13-27 uh, with two and a half minutes left to go and then coming back for the miraculous victory. So definitely a possibility that the go ahead, that the Titans can go ahead and knock off the Texans. I would not say that it's any stretch of the imagination for that to happen. I think that uh, there's a good shot. Now, will it happen? That's a whole other story, but it definitely is within the realm of possibility for the Titans. Yeah, I agree. Another one, uh, Steelers at Seahawks. The Raiders need the Seahawks, and I definitely think uh, Seattle can win this game with the, with the Steelers' offense. is just so up and down. Yes, uh, definitely the Seahawks are going to have to stop <laughs> Uh, 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 gosh, uh, the Mason receiver, Rudolph? uh, oh, no, uh, Pickens. Uh, yes, Pickens. Pickens. <laughs> I don't know why I want to call him Perkins sometimes, but yes, they're going <laughs> to definitely going to have to stop Pickens. And I think the Seattle Seahawks have a good shot at beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. It just seems like Pittsburgh never has been able to get the quarterback position right after big Ben left. That's something I think Seattle can go ahead and capitalize on. So it definitely, like I said, I would look for Seattle to win this game because they, need to go ahead and stay afoot within their playoff race in the respective NFC. All right, Bengals at Chiefs. Uh, we actually need the Chiefs to beat the Bengals to help the Raiders. I, Stan, I, I just don't know if the, Chief, uh, the Chiefs are just a complete mystery to me. I know Jake Browning's a rookie quarterback playing uh, for Cincinnati right now. I almost feel like this game is a toss-up, Stan. I really do. Yeah, it could very well could be a toss-up. Obviously, uh, Jake Browning, he's played well ever since taking over for Joe Burrow. He's had his hiccups. There's no doubt about that. But I think that he's a capable quarterback, especially throwing to guys like T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. The Chiefs can be had right now because mm-hmm. right now you're starting to see that doubt set in. They won the Super Bowl just, what, 10 months ago, but Kadarius Toney. Travis Kelsey having the drops, seeing uh, MBS have the drops against the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football, things like that. That's where the doubt starts to set in. We know we're good enough to win, but it just seems like we haven't quite put it together over the last couple of weeks. And I'll go ahead and just say this. This game, to me, 
can be a positive either way. Because let's say the Bengals beat the Chiefs. Well, then now, and the Raiders beat the Colts. The Raiders are now one game behind the Chiefs for the mm-hmm. division lead. So that's why I look at this game where either team that wins is still a positive for the Raiders if they beat the Colts this weekend. That's a great way to look at it. And finally, all right, the Raiders are at the Colts. Look, the Colts are fighting not only for a playoff berth, but they could win the AFC South as well. They're in a dogfight right now with the Texans, uh, along with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Stan, the Raiders, three-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road. It's another 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time zone start. You go with the Raiders again. You took them to beat the Chiefs. I went the opposite way. You like the silver and black, or do you think maybe uh, it's – I don't want to say their luck runs out, but, hey, man, it's hard to win – three in a row, depending on your defense like they have. Yeah, definitely a hard to win three in a row. But something about right now, getting the defensive touchdowns that the Raiders have gotten over the last couple of weeks, it becomes contagious. It becomes a, a mindset where now you're not wishing for a turnover. You're now starting to expect it. Mm-hmm. And those are the teams that really are able to turn the corner that they expect. It doesn't mean you're always going to get it. But now you're expecting it. So now whenever you're coming up to make that tackle, you're punching the ball out like you're Peanut Tillman. Or whenever the quarterback is dropping back to throw, you know it's a DB. Hey, man, we can pick this ball off and turn the ball over and give it to our offense on a short field. You feel like you know you can get it. It's not wishing. It's not hoping. We know we can turn the ball over because we've done it against Patrick Mahomes. So you know what? No disrespect to Gardner Mitchell, who I think is a fine quarterback, but if we can pick off Pat Mahomes, you know what? We can pick off anybody in this damn league. So that's where, to me, the confidence is really going to carry over. I think the Raiders are going to go ahead and come out victorious in this game. I think they're going to do a good job on defense again. I think they're going to have to lean on the run game, obviously. You don't want to put the ball in Aiden O'Connell's hands and ask him to go out there and get the victory. I don't think that would be fair to him. I look for the Raiders to be victorious in this game again and just continue what appears to be the magic that's starting to go ahead and permeate throughout that team driven by Antonio Pierce. Stan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you. I think the Raiders can continue this. I think they're going to make it three in a row. I think it's going to be another low-scoring game, maybe 19 to 17, somewhere around in there. Maybe Carson, uh, <clears throat> beg your pardon, Daniel Carlson, four field goals, perhaps Raiders, one touchdown. We'll see if the offense can get a little bit uh, untracked in this one, and we'll see what happens. But I'm with you, Stan. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Uh, I know two years ago, they were, like you said, they went into Indianapolis. They beat him. That was when John Madden passed away just a couple years ago. Today, actually, today is the two-year anniversary of his yep. passing. Like you always say, God rest his soul. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. Hopefully, the Raiders can ring in the new year uh, with a W. And happy new year to you and your family, my friend. Yes, my man. Happy new year to you, too. Happy holidays. Hope that Christmas was well. And another year of this Believe in Raiders podcast is the gift that keeps on giving. And I cannot wait to do many more with you. Absolutely, 100%. And thank you, Raider Nation, for listening. And that is going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by betonline.ag. From my partner, Stanford Routh, I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. And may all your punts find the coffin corner for one last time in 2023. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.